Kia ora and welcome to Business Your Way. I'm Sandra Julian, your host and business transformation coach. This podcast is your go-to for strategies and mindset shifts to grow and scale your service-based business. No more constant hustling, just unstoppable, scalable growth with a soul-aligned essence. Join me in each episode as we uncover the secrets behind successful businesses and provide actionable insights. Let's transform your business your way and unlock the growth that you've been dreaming of. Alrighty, let's dive into this episode. Kia ora and welcome to episode 114 of Business Your Way. This year on the podcast, I want to bring you more guest episodes and dive in behind the scenes of other service-based businesses, asking my guests to share the challenges of their business journey so that you can see that you're not alone. We all face challenges and we all overcome our challenges with different tools, techniques, depending on where we're at in our journey. But I'm also asking my guests to share the strategies and systems that have helped them grow and scale their business. And then hopefully that might spark an aha moment for you, or it might spark a better question to ask yourself on how that particular system or strategy might work for you, or just give you a different line of thinking for whatever is going on in your business at the moment. Today on the podcast, my guest is Kate McGregor. She is a dedicated world traveler and business owner who has learned that working hard or working doesn't mean being tied to a desk or an office. Kate shared her journey from corporate government career into entrepreneurship, even when she didn't think it was possible for her. She willingly and graciously opened up and shared her personal challenges in starting her business but also the challenges she's currently facing because her business doesn't fit into the box that society deems normal. But that's not holding her back from chasing her dreams and continuing to run her business her way. She accredits a lot of her success to having a life coach in the beginning to work out what kind of business that she wanted or where she even wanted to go in her life when she knew that their corporate government career was really not serving her. Now she has a business coach to help her dream bigger than what she thinks possible for herself and to hold her accountable so she stays focused on those dreams. If you're interested in having a business coach by your side as you navigate your business journey or to even help you dream bigger than you think is even possible for you, then head on over to sandrajulian.co forward slash coaching and book a discovery call with me. I would love to hear about your business, where you've come from, where you're going, and whether working together might help you take that next step in your journey. So let's explore what working together might look like. Alrighty, my friend, let's get on with the interview with Kate. Hey Kate, thanks so much for joining us on Business Your Way today. I'm so excited for our call at all. Thanks so much. It's awesome to be here. Nice. I always like to ask my guests to introduce themselves because 
yeah, I, I think I'd just butcher it if I even tried, even though you've given me your profile. And that sounds a bit robotic if I just was to read it. So let's kickstart by telling the listeners, introducing yourself to the listeners, who you are, who you serve, and how you make your moolah. Yeah, sure thing. And I'm literally going to read this from my website because I, for some reason, freeze when I get to the elevator pitch. And then I'll just elaborate from there because I totally, of course, know <laughs> what I do. But in an essence, my business is called Out of Office or NZ Out of Office. And I help established business owners to get their life back. That's where the name Out of Office comes from. By just sort of learning to help people calmly organize and get their online systems working for them so that they don't go down rabbit holes trying to do that and they can just get a little bit of their lives back uh, while their business runs for them. And I specialize uh, in Kajabi, um, which is an online learning management system with all the wraparound services all in one platform. But I also um, do some consultation with people that aren't on Kajabi as well, just helping them get everything set up in the back end of their websites and their online learning systems and just sort of their online business, I guess, and helping people to launch and things like that. Yeah. So a lot of the uh, tech and technical side of things and also a bit of strategy as well. Big line. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, now now my big question is, what's the backstory that got you here? Well, maybe let's start with the question, how long have you been doing this business, New Zealand Out of Office? Let's start there. Yeah, NZ Out of Office has been around for since I think I registered it in 2017. Back then, it was just an idea, but the name actually came first before uh, the business. Uh, was sparked by my flatmate and I driving to our dreary jobs in the CBD of Wellington, our office jobs, um, just always t- dreaming and talking about what else we could be doing with our lives. And we came up with an idea that would be like a cafe where people could come and work together. Bearing in mind, this is the days before the pandemic. It was before the big earthquake in Wellington as well. So yeah, and the name out of office kind of sprung up. Up, and that was the original and then we decided no we're not going to do that because you have to get up early, early if you want to make coffee for people so um <laughs> so from there yeah out of office has had many iterations of working in network marketing to start off with then helping people with social media organic marketing and into now what is started as a virtual assistant type business and now uh, a little bit more consulting and coaching of online systems and kajabi so yeah so it's always stayed out of office even though it's had different services Along the way, the mission has always been the same for me to have the flexibility to work out of an office, you know, anywhere from anywhere and also for my clients to get their lives back and and be able to do the same. Yeah. And I like that, though, because that's how our businesses evolve. You know, if I think about my business, we've always been awaha. But when we started 23 years ago, we weren't an event management agency. We were providing like operational support services where it just evolves and business just evolves as you go and if you're paying attention to the people you want to work with then your business starts to make those shifts that aligns to them and aligns to how you want to live your life too so that's right yeah just figuring it out along the way and who knows where we'll all be in five or ten years time even with the businesses but yeah and I guess there's a lot that's happened in that time as well so and that's definitely been an integral part of my business right now yeah 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 pandemic and all Um, so let's go back to before you started your business like what were you doing what were you known for what did life look like pre-going into business with the concept of, you know, getting out of the office? 
Yeah. So I've always worked in corporate world. A lot of it has been in travel and events at conference industry. I never had the inkling to have my own business. Although mm-hmm. looking back on it, I grew up amongst my father had a business. My mother dabbled in her own businesses, you know, throughout the time. So I guess I've always known traditional independent business. My dad had a four square, so, you know, very traditional bricks and mortar. And yeah, and I I worked in conference events, worked all the hours for very little pay and essentially burnt out after quite a few years of working in those capacities. So I was living in Wellington at the time when I finished working in events and uh, decided I'm going to go into project work, government project work, because that was the thing to do. Great money. You could work as a contractor to have a little bit of flexibility and yeah, earn some good money. So that's what I did. And I started working around various projects uh, in government. And gradually that sucked the soul out of me. Um, I found myself just really purposeless, like starting to think about what, what else happens outside of you know, this or where, where is this going? These, you know, a lot of the time the projects are very long-winded and drawn out and um, boring, really, um, and require a lot of other people's, you know, say and everything. And I, a lot of the time, too, I found that I was being used as a bit more of a, just a spare part in the in the projects. Yeah. Um, so didn't have a lot of, couldn't use my initiative <laughs> or anything. So yeah, so I started to think about what I wanted to do. I love to travel. I really missed the travel from working in the travel and event industry. And so I started doing some personal development, actually, and met a life coach. And from there, figured out what I wanted to do, but didn't believe at that stage that I could do it. She was my first cheerleader. And she I remember she asked me to make a vision board of where I wanted things to be sort of in five years or what I wanted the next five years to look like. And she rejected my first vision board because it wasn't, she said, this is your life now. Like, you you already travel and, you you know, this things I was already doing. So I put a... I put a rocket to the moon on that on that next version and she accepted it. <laughs> yeah, and she was my first cheerleader really and sort of explored the way that I could travel. So I, I really dislike winter. So I really wanted to be traveling away for New Zealand winter every year. Yeah, and we just started dabbling in that. I still worked in project world and government, but just did six months at a time and then headed overseas to different places. I started pet and house sitting as well to to have that flexibility and be able to move around and then just um, base myself back in Wellington during the project time, during the New Zealand summer. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. And then um, I guess from there, uh, I just kept exploring how I could travel more, work from anywhere, have that ultimate, you know, freedom to be able to do that and earn okay money Mm -hmm. to be able to do it as well. Yeah. And that's kind of where that, that 2017, that's where that, I, I headed away for winter, finished the contract and headed away for winter. And with no real plan, I, I had an initial plan. I went on a cruise ship with a friend in Alaska and then I headed to Belize because that's somewhere I hadn't been before. And then I just had no plan from there. When I was in Belize, I got contacted by a New Zealand family who lived in Guatemala and they had seen that I was a pet sitter online and they contacted me and said, we live in Guatemala. We're heading away to Europe for the kids' school holidays. Will you come and look after our house and our and our cats. And I was in Belize, which is next door to Guatemala. So I got there on a bus in five days time and found myself sitting in Guatemala pet sitting and starting to help people online with social media and things by that stage too. And took took a while. And one day it just hit me that I was doing, living that lifestyle that I'd wanted to live. And still, it wasn't, it didn't look like how I had envisaged it. So it took a while for me to, for it to hit me. And then I had a big cry. (laughs) And, you know, that it had happened and started to 
you know, added a little bit more belief to my pockets. And um, yeah, and, and as they say, the rest is history, but it has been a, a roaming thing since then. It's swapped and changed. Obviously, COVID affected the getting away for winter. I had to spend a couple of winters in New Zealand. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah wow. So it's, it's a moving so much, Yeah. <laughs> so much in that that I really want to unpack. So yeah, maybe the first one I want to go back to is like here in New Zealand, having a life coach isn't something that I would say is usual or that is talked about or, you know, when you get a little bit stuck in your life, that's not the first thing that us Kiwis, we're going to go, oh, I think I need a life coach. How did you get to that point? Yeah, definitely not. And and I would say I was a fairly typical Kiwi at that stage, hence my belief wasn't high, I would say, (laughs) in what I could do. Even though I've travelled the world for, you know, more than 20 years and I've because I feel like when you get outside of New Zealand, you see a lot more of the world, you can understand a lot more of what's going on in the world, you know. But I still was like, I'm back in New Zealand, though. So how it started was <laughs> my first iteration of my business, as I mentioned, was network marketing. And within network marketing, you get a lot of personal development coaching. That's just mm-hmm. part of the package of network marketing. I had never done any personal development before at all. And I, I went upon a sort of a weekend retreat. So I, at the gym that I went to at the time, the coach at the gym, he does like leadership development training now. He just started doing some like weekend retreats with people and they were called Life by Design. And um, I went to one of them and discovered how low my belief was uh, and just the subconscious decisions that you make because you, yeah, you don't believe in yourself. So for instance, he had um, the glass walk. So he had broken wine bottles on the floor and you've walked across the glass assisted and your feet brushed off at the end and actually quite in a safe environment and I instantly told myself no I'm not going to do that it was optional of course in a group of 20 or 30 people I said no I don't need to prove myself to anyone I'm not going to do that and he coached me through that and why I was making that decision and it was you know obviously all stemmed back to actually my belief in doing it rather than being proud and telling people I didn't need to prove myself. I mean, there was a lot behind it. And yeah, I walked across the glass successfully (laughs) in the end. And it stemmed from there. So one of the ladies that was at that retreat was a life coach and started to offer that for women. And I remember my first session with her just one-to-one. She lived in Wellington as well. And I left the session. I told her the next week, I left the session feeling bad that I hadn't opened up completely or cried yet. (laughs) Mm, Um, You know, you're so hard on yourself all the time as well. Yeah, and that just stemmed from there. I just sort of, I guess you'd start to see many things that you can start to do. And and obviously once I ended up in Guatemala, I was like, this is happening <laughs> somehow. And even to this day, I still, you know, tell my, I have a business coach and I still tell her, oh, the universe has done that. And she's like, no, the universe hasn't done that. You, you've done that. <laughs> the universe might have listened, but <laughs> yeah. 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 So you sort of remember the small steps along the way and celebrate them because it is, yeah, all part of it. Yeah. which kind of leads nicely into that next thought I had is that you had the vision board and then you just took the first step not knowing what the next step would be or the next step like you didn't have a grand plan you just took the next best step Hmm. to put into action that vision board so you know that moment that you were sitting you know in Guatemala pet sitting and you had that like, oh my gosh, I am living the <laughs> plan that I'd put in place. Like, yeah. how did that make you feel? Well, how did that then change who you were like being? Yeah, I think it 
just allowed me to plan a bit, fought a bit actually, because I knew what was possible and what I'd done. I still wasn't completely there yet because the ultimate was to, obviously by that stage I knew I I wanted to be earning my own income, not going back to government, uh, to the projects. Yeah, so so that probably, it probably just started to escalate that part of it really. Like, right, now I need to figure out how to keep this going. And yeah, how it, it's escalated my social media training at the time, like helping other people with social media. I was like, wow, I've got all this time now and I'm pet sitting. I knew what I was doing for the next, you know, th- three months there. So I could start to put some plans in place even for that three months. But I will say like people listening to this might be like, oh, yeah, but, you know, I can't go traveling. I can't do that. And, you know, the traveling part is actually what comes easy to me. So it sounds crazy going on a one-way flight up to, you know, Central America, not knowing what you're doing. But that part was easy for me because that's what I've done all my life. You know, I've always done long trips like that as well. It was just being able to financially back myself, yeah, and keep that going, you know, without having to fall back into uh, a full-time nine-to-five, yeah, with the restrictions of holidays and things. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, it just it just every step along the way has just given me a little bit pinch more of belief and, and it's still to this day, I think, you know, it's still a work in progress. Yeah. And you know what, I think we're all in a work in progress. Like it's just one big journey. It's how much we believe in the journey that we're on and just take the next best step mm, in the direction yeah. that we want to head, right? Mm, absolutely. And it was still looking back now. Still dreaming small back then, you know, still just, yeah. I just need to figure out how I can get my own business and earn my own money. And, you yeah. know, um, fast forward, I've been, I always forget, what are we in? 2024, almost three years full time in this business now. And my stomach's doing flips right now because I'm about to buy a house as well. Um, wow. So, you know, you couldn't have told me that in 2017 that that was possible. Even if yeah. I was working full time, I never thought yeah. that was a possibility for me on my own to be able to do that. So, yeah. Especially yeah. in the yeah, yeah, true. I mean, so true. My journey into like online, the online business, because I've held the traditional office business, mm-hmm. I don't know, done for you type consultancy, operational support. And still, you could say an event agency is that operational support when mm-hmm. they when they want to put a project in place that just happens to be a conference or something, you know? So <laughs> spending all of my, you know, first 15 years in business doing that and then going, oh, I'm bored. What's next? And then discovering the online world and this like whole magic box just opens up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, to be honest, yeah. the person I am today is nothing like the person I was like eight years ago. So it's, yeah, same. it's a crazy it's- journey. And that, that's obviously, you know, awesome and amazing for us, but it obviously comes with its challenges as well, you know, with, you know, loved ones and, and other people along the way and past colleagues and things like that as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the business that you have today. Mm-hmm. How did you transition from doing network marketing, social media into now online learning management systems and Kajabi in particular. How did yeah. that transition happen? Yeah, I came back from winter end of 2019 before we knew what was about to happen to the world. And uh, I decided to move back down to Christchurch. That's where my family are. And my sister had started to have babies, so I was get closer to them. Uh, and moved down here and my, my social media business was going okay, but it definitely wasn't full-time, couldn't pay the rent or anything yet. So I um, got a part-time role with some friends down here in a very busy catering business. Love to throw myself into those uh, hands-on type businesses when I was working. And 
kind of had, I, I started to create a social media course actually because I my time was a little bit more limited because I was working again and yeah so I started to create a course for people because I thought that's the way I can still serve people with social media and then the pandemic hit around that time and uh, around that Christmas we could start to see it spreading around the world and I discovered Kajabi about the same time because I was, that's where I was going to put my course I'd done an online business course myself and learned about Kajabi and yeah so I started to do that didn't get it onto Kajabi my social media course I instead just started helping people with anything administrative that they needed in their business and I just had a bit of technical knowledge from doing the social media and just uh, trying to explore what I could do online I guess you know so that the tech technical stuff comes really easy for me and the creative side of things as well, I've almost gone full circle in my life because when I left high school, I actually studied interior design and never, never worked in the industry. But now I'm like, you know, using some of those old skills in interior design. Yeah. So at the start of the first pandemic, I was helping clients virtually with online things. I wasn't working in the traditional catering business because that had closed down for the pandemic. And so, yeah, helping people there. And one of my clients needed to put her services and her courses online because she traditionally worked one-to-one with clients she's like a tapping trauma coach and traditionally works in person with people or on zoom so we had to move everything online I had seen Kajabi so I helped her with that and then just the rest is history I love working in Kajabi yeah and then obviously gradually over that time more and more people needed to needed help to do that kind of thing as well so um yeah it, it I don't know how long it took to niche a while yeah. Uh, but I do remember that when I said, that's it, this is what I do now. <laughs> um, yeah. And and that was just a decision really for me because that's why everyone already knew that I did. But yeah, so I, I started out more as a virtual assistant doing Kajabi work. And over time, obviously, I've just, I know Kajabi in my sleep now. I work really closely with the team at Kajabi up in the States. And I've become, yeah, like a Kajabi partner and expert as well. And so mm-hmm. then I've just moved a little bit more into, I have done for you services, but I also have the consulting services where I help people uh, to to set it up and run themselves as well. Nice. So, great. I love it. You know, being known for one thing and now being known for something mm-hmm. completely different, how did you feel that transition or that was, wasn't something that you thought about? Or it was just a natural evolution? it's a natural evolution I I think looking back on it now you know sometimes things still come up where you're like oh yeah I'm not that's not me anymore like when you're in uh, LinkedIn you know a lot of my LinkedIn contacts are from when I worked in corporate world so now they see me showing myself off all over LinkedIn (laughs) promoting my services and things and workshops and stuff which is definitely not you know who I was five six seven years Mm -hmm. ago yeah, and then and then there's the personal side of it as well. You know, I remember when I first kind of started out with the online business, promoting myself and then getting feedback, let's say, from friends and family, like, oh, you, you're always posting on social media. You know, why do you post twice in both accounts? Like just hearing little things like that, which, you know, really doesn't help with imposter syndrome and self-sabotage that, you know, those friends that come along um, <laughs> on the business journey with us. Yeah, but a lot of that you know, you, I'm through now, I'm, you know, you, you have to make your own success, I think. Yeah, no, that's one thing I always remember too, you, you know, nobody's coming to save you and yeah. just make sure that you have the right the right support and the right encouragement and people around you as well to sort of balance that out. So, 
yeah and I mean still to this day like my parents I don't think still really understand what it is I do online I think they're only just now understanding the success that I've had online because I'm able to buy a house Um, but yeah to them it's not that understandable obviously because they've had bricks and mortar businesses they understand that kind of yeah 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 the whole you know putting yourself out there because there Mm. is so much fear associated (laughs) with like who you are now compared to like who your followers on LinkedIn know you for so government project work and now you're doing Kajabi website learning management systems like that fear of being seen and criticized and judged holds so many entrepreneurs back Mm. realizing the potential what were the challenges that you overcome in order to kind of go all right I'm just going to do this because this is now who I am compared to now what they think of me. Yeah, yeah, def- definitely a lot of that, especially I guess in that LinkedIn space, which actually I've probably only really come into the LinkedIn space a lot more in the last year or two. You know, previously it was just the Facebook and Instagram and yeah, that's it really. But yeah, I think just reminding, you know, I still to this day am personal development crazy because that will keep your chin above the water, you know, um, but also just remembering you get to make the decisions in your life and you know imagine not posting that post or running that workshop because you're worried about what John Smith thinks that you worked 10 years ago well he doesn't get to rule you know what's going on in your life now and god knows what he's doing now anyway so yeah I just think I I think I hope now it's becoming easier for people because the opportunities are a lot more out there and becoming normalized but yeah I still get that it's yeah, that it is a fearful thing. And even for me, sometimes, you know, I still won't go on video, you know, have to ramp myself up to get on video and things. Yeah, for some reason, especially on social media, I'll jump on a Zoom with anybody, but um, but yeah, yeah in a workshop or whatever. But yeah, especially the social media ones, for some reason. Yeah, a lot of the time, it's a content block thing as well. Just, you know, yeah. the overwhelm, the overwhelm of what, what to talk about and you know who's yeah. listening and yeah I think thinking about who's watching as well that was a big one I remember from the start you know press, yeah. not pressing sent on an email because who's in the list you know you used to go through the list and check make sure that yeah. <laughs> the right people weren't there yeah yeah and yeah. unfortunately a lot of the time you know close family and friends because they see the change in you can be the harshest critics so mm. um, and that is what we fear but I think something else I've learned along the way is uh, things that you fear have probably happened anyway. So <laughs> just mm-hmm. just sort of getting over the speed bump and continuing on and just keep, keep aiming towards the North Star, the, you know, the, um, the goal that you're aiming towards. Um, yeah, back to that vision board. Back to, yeah, back to the vision where board. am I going? What do I <laughs> yeah. want in my life? Yeah. yeah, 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 just aiming okay. for it. And, you know, and that's what you have control over. Yeah, yeah totally. I wanted to jump in here really quickly and ask you for a big favour. If you are loving this podcast and this episode, I would be grateful if you could share it with a friend. Or even better yet, jump over onto Instagram and share it on your stories. Don't forget to tag me, I'm sandrajulian.co. That really is the best way for others to find out about this podcast, and I thank you in advance. Alrighty, back to the episode. So... What are the other like major challenges that you would say that you've had along your journey that would be valuable to share with others that are still navigating their journey? Yeah, I would say what I call shiny object syndrome. So, 
definitely at the start of the business, I was looking for magic wands and things to happen overnight and, you know, following a lot of gurus. And I don't think that's gone away, you know, um, even almost, uh, what are we, seven, seven, eight years into my business. Um, for me, I've learned to tamper it down and not get distracted by it. But I think online that, that space is wide, you know, louder than ever. Um, people trying to catch your attention because they know the quick steps and the, the quickest way to do something or the best platform or whatever it is. So um, for me, um, what helps me to stop, <laughs> stop trying all the free trials and attending all the free workshops and everything was having a business coach that kept me accountable definitely and yeah niching eventually like now that I've sort of niched into that Kajabi online learning management space that's helped me immensely because now I only need to focus on those kind of trainings and those kind of things rather than all the platforms and having needing to know all the knowledge about everything as well yeah, I guess I guess that leads into as well. When you first start a business, you wear all the hats and you're doing all the things. So you you are your bookkeeper and you are your marketer and you're your everything tech person, and that's inevitable. I think for any any first time small business owner, definitely. So knowing when the time's right to start to pass things over to experts, yeah, without chasing you know finding another platform to put it on because that might be quicker. Yeah, just finding the expert. Like you're the expert in your field, so you find the expert in that field and get it done for you. Yeah, yeah. love that. Love that. Mm. So what does your team look like currently? Yeah, um, quite small, mostly just me. Yeah, I have a, a subcontractor who helps me out with some of my Kajabi work and my client's Kajabi work as well. She's based yeah. in Australia. And then I have a virtual assistant that helps me in my business doing things like the contracts, like the new client contracts, end-of-month invoicing, some analytics stats for me and things like that. She is based in the Philippines, Mira. And then I actually also have a bookkeeper. Nice. Yeah, which was the first thing I delegated. Yes. Um, yeah. Early on in business, it wasn't so bad because I was doing contract work in government and, you know, it was fairly simple to do your own bookkeeping then because there wasn't all yeah. the expenses and <laughs> and things. Yeah. But, yeah, I did. I remember doing my first year of end of year tax return um, myself. I think that was the end of 2017, 18, and just vowed I'd never do that again and, and handed it over to someone else. So, yeah, that was yeah. The, definitely the first thing I delegated. <laughs> yeah, nice. Nice. No and so one. being based here in Aotearoa, you know, where when I look at what is going on around me, what's going on in the network, mm-hmm. you can slowly see the world of online business having, you know, coming into our country, really. Like I would say, even just pre-COVID, anything online business was, we would just look at you strangely and go, yeah. what? And you always had to go offshore and you were always looking at what was going on offshore. So your client base, are you mainly working with clients here in Aotearoa or is your client base mainly overseas? Right now, I would say it's about 70-30, so 70% New Zealand, uh, 30% global. Um, yeah, I would say, and it started out very much all New Zealanders, yeah, like during the pandemic, that's because I was already helping a lot of Kiwis with virtual assistant type work. I was a member of the Virtual Assistant Network of New Zealand, uh, which was so pivotal during the first pandemic for anyone that had any kind of business that needed to get online. There's a whole swag of virtual assistants that helped 
helped New Zealand and I remember we all celebrated on a on a Zoom call drinks that people finally understood what a virtual assistant was and we didn't have to understand it anymore. <laughs> uh, explain it, sorry. And, um, you know, we celebrated that. But I think, yeah, New Zealand, I would say definitely slightly behind the rest of the world in terms of online business and or just the flexibility of, like, even if you still work in corporate, working from home. And obviously the pandemic escalated that and, and that became very normalised and it's starting mm-hmm. to swing back the other way now. But in saying that, I think a lot of the people I work with in New Zealand and I think this is very typical of New Zealanders, lying low under the covers. You just don't even know that there are people doing online business in New Zealand because perhaps all of their customers are offshore, you know, so they're not even mm. shouting about themselves in New Zealand. Um, yeah. and, and Kiwis aren't great at shouting about themselves anyway. So, yeah, there's a lot. And I still, to this day, when a, a New Zealander comes to me with Kajabi, I'm like, oh, you've got Kajabi too, because I feel like I know everyone in New Zealand that has Kajabi. Um, so I'm always surprised when I find a new person, but... Yeah, so I think, yeah, I, I've started working more globally in the last couple of years just through networking and contacts that I've worked with. Sometimes it works better for me when I'm traveling, obviously, with time zones and things. So, uh, yeah, yeah I've got, at the moment, I've got um, American clients and British clients and Kiwis. British, that must be, like, hard if you <laughs> want to talk to each other because we're, yeah. like, the 12-hour difference. America yeah. is great because you're, like, yeah. Four hours, but you're in a different yeah. day. We have a That's good overlap, yeah, good. with America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. England um, and Europe in the UK. is a bit tricky. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I tend to only have to speak on, you know, one to one on a call with clients at the start of a project if I'm doing done for you work for them, um, and the rest is all via email or my or project management. But uh, yeah, getting. I would say they will never be like my biggest client base because of that. Yeah. Um, because I, someone either has to get up early or stay up late. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah like, yeah. I have a lot of clients that like to stay up late. So, um, yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> Apart from Kajabi, what are the other tools and systems that you would say are critical in your business? Yeah. Um, let's say Canva. I use a lot of Canva for designing and all my social media and marketing and workshops and things. Zero for reconciling all my payments, which is only, I've only had in the last couple of years. So that's nice to have. What do I use a lot of? I've recently been using Asana as a project management yeah. tool. Yeah, I say recently because I'm considering moving to another one but uh, yeah I've been I've been playing toying with that for my project management because up until then you know I think it's the same for anyone in business and I'll just tell this story too you start very manually in what you do you know with unless you've got shiny objects and you join all the tools but you know I think financially it makes sense just to start where you need to and you know that first social media course that I created I actually created the course but I never put it onto Kajabi when the pandemic hit and I, I was like you know what I'm just going to give people this course because people are going to need it people are at home they want to learn you know they're sitting there looking to consume content so I gave it away for free but I didn't have it on Kajabi so I manually emailed out over 100 people a five-day course one day at a time (laughs) through my gmail looking back at that now you know that's what I had to do because I didn't have any other tools to do that and uh, and I had all the time you know to do it so but yeah, great. And then gradually, you know, if I had continued on with that course, I would have, of course, moved on to a learning management system. But same for, um, you know, project management or um, expenses. Even I think I started expenses in a spreadsheet, you know, and uh, and just did my filing from there. Yeah. So starting small is fine, and you know, it's just until once you start to scale your business, it gets bigger. Then you need to consider what tools are going to help manage your time. So I'm all about automation, delegation, 
lots of shins usually. Can't remember what my other ones are, but <laughs> yeah, education and what you need. Yeah, yeah, to to get things in place. So that I think are the main ones I use daily. I obviously have, yeah, I have a Kajabi account as well myself. So yeah. even though I don't have an online course, I, I use Kajabi for my website, my email marketing, my coaching. Yeah. So there's a coaching yeah. portal on Kajabi. Yeah. And I use it as a test for a lot of my clients. <laughs> a test. Yeah, so. nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I did exactly the same thing as you when I started out and I was like, all the tools, because I'm the kind of person who is like, I don't want to keep changing platforms every like mm. few months and start here and then move to this one and then move to that one and move to that one. So, you know, shiny object syndrome, what does this do? What does that do? What does that do? And yeah. then took the plunge and did Kajabi and now and use Kajabi now for the email marketing, the coaching yeah. portal, Ooh. the podcast. So I put my podcast yeah. on there as well. Yeah. So it's like using all of the tools. So it might be an investment, but actually it's the same investment and you can scale your business. Yeah. And that doesn't that doesn't go up with it, unlike yeah. other like email marketing. Because I think I started out with that active campaign. Yeah. And every time you added more subscribers, your price went up. And I'm the like, price goes oh, up. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's true. I speak with a lot of people that are just at the start of their business um, journey and want to come and want to create an online course straight away. And I don't recommend you know Kajabi to everyone because it's a high price point, entry level price yeah. point as well, especially for business owners that are just starting out. If you're not making much revenue in your business yet, then it doesn't make sense, um, you know, and you, that's where I say you do kind of need to start manual. I think I use MailChimp yeah. to start, yeah. And, yeah, but then there's that fine line because even if you're just sort of starting out but you do have a little bit of business going on, like you say, it's cool to jump on there and know that you can just scale it. You're never going to have to move off it and change yeah. and top and change because you can without it costing you more. I mean, obviously, yeah. you need to go up through the plans as you expand, but um, but it's all there. You're never going to have to move it to somewhere else. So, yeah. 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 So it's just that, I mean, yeah, that, that doesn't stop me from rethinking that every year. Like every year the <laughs> yeah. subscription comes around because I pay Oh, when your subscription you pay annually, yeah. Yeah. And well, you get I'm a twenty like, percent okay. discount for doing that. <laughs> yeah, totally. So I think I get the annual discount and then I get Amy Porterfield's discount on top of that. Oh, so right. you know it's like yeah, so I'm like, well that was a no brainer. But every year it, I still revisit it. Like, is this the be- is this my yeah. best option? Is this yeah. my best option? So, and I think yeah. that's sensible because that's what we do in life as well. You know, I was literally yeah. just talking to my brother-in-law about um, insurances. <laughs> Boring, but you know about he, he said with you know we just stuck with the same one because it's easier. So I was like, I guess just every few years, you know, re- having a look at everything to sort the bills, especially while it's been you know high cost of living for everybody and stuff. So. It's sensible in business, absolutely, to, you know, reassess everything, but definitely not just considering the price and what price something else must be because you'll never compare apples to apples in those kind of platforms anyway. And then the cost of moving stuff too, like obviously your time cost and stress cost and the cost of learning a new platform. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. And that is so true because in my event agency, because I'm I'm doing both, yeah, um, fun for you. <laughs> every yeah, but every I would say every about six years we change event management mm-hmm. platforms, and for one reason or another, because the platform that we were using now don't support whatever we need, or mm-hmm. the pricing just jumped, and they mm-hmm. don't have everything we need, or whatever it is. But we've literally, I think, changed platforms about every six years. The learning curve on that for the whole team 
is the biggest expense, not the mm-hmm. actual cost of the platform itself. Yeah. It's the yeah. it's the learning and becoming pro at a new platform when we were pro at the old platform. So there's this whole learning curve that comes with yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And at the, you know, expense of what it means for your customers as well mm. when you're moving them over and, you know, any errors yeah. that get made because of that. Yeah. 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 A, yeah. Yeah. It's a big leap, right. especially once you've got a really fully grown company like a big. Yeah. Company. Totally. Right. Um, So one more question that is really intriguing me, because now you have this opportunity to operate globally, how do you charge? Do you charge in New Zealand currency or in pounds or in US dollars? What's that look like, you know, from a a global business point of view? And I know lots of people ask that question. Yeah, I would say it's why I'm so thankful for my bookkeeper um <laughs> because yeah it's complex it's a complex business behind the <laughs> behind yeah. everything so with the capability of Kajabi I'm able to you know charge in any currency so mm-hmm. using the Kajabi checkout or in saying that I don't just use that you know invoice as well so I quote in US dollars so that's mm-hmm. my kind of static currency um purely because that is the most I guess stable and or most suited currency for me, especially when I'm traveling. So yeah, so I quote in US dollars. If I have a New Zealand client, then I will convert that to New Zealand dollars. And um, otherwise, my global clients will pay in US dollars via, uh, I use WISE for transfers, yeah. invoice transfers. Yeah, yeah. And it's simple for them. You know, they just have yeah. to click a link and, and accept the payment really, like link their own um, card up or um, bank account to make the transfer. Like gone are the days, imagine doing um, this kind of business even 20 years ago, to probably only 10 years ago even. Like, even 10 years ago, yeah. I remember when I started traveling and you used to have traveler's checks and um, like yeah. transfer money across countries. It was cost yeah. so much money as well. Yeah. Um, you know, of course we still have fees and I pay a lot of fees in online yeah. business transactions like, and then transferring all the money into my New Zealand bank account when I need to and things yeah. like that. But um, but I just account that's just part of my business costs. Like that's yeah. part of having a global online yes. business. Yeah. 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 So I did when I started out, I tried to, you know, please everybody and that came from my old corporate life, the people pleaser. And uh, you know, quoting everyone's individual currencies and then and using wise that wasn't too bad because you can have different uh, currency wallets and things. But it it was just a nightmare for reconciliation, for forecasting. I'm pleased I got it all under control before I applied for my mortgage because the bank would have like <laughs> wouldn't have been able to work anything out. Um, yeah, and there's still a little bit of um, you know it's still I use zero for the reconciling, but um, the the bookkeeper still has to do a little bit of manual work because of all the different yeah. ways that money comes into my business. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but don't you love zero because you can pull your wise transactions in, you can yeah. pull your local bank transactions, yeah. you can pull your Stripe, your pay. Yeah, it's all there. It comes into zero, and it just exactly. makes it so easy. So yeah, exactly. Love zero. Yeah, the only the only part that makes it manual is um just uh figuring out which ones are GST and which ones aren't. So that's the part right. that the, yeah. that the bookkeeper does for me manually. But um yeah, yeah it's yeah it's cool it's easy I would say yeah. you know once you know yeah. what you're doing online business yeah. payments are easy now <laughs> yeah and but also having a facility like wise like we thought we were oh. pretty cool when we got stripe and that yeah, just means PayPal. that I could do away with the Westpac merchant and all of the manual complexities that came with that with my business yeah. and now I could do stripe I'm like oh my gosh how good yeah. is this yeah, then, yeah. Then facilities like Wise come online and it allows you to then do global banking. And you're like, 
Now I don't need to traipse down to the bank and pay $25 and wait two weeks for that transfer yeah. to go somewhere. You're like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I even with Wise have a, a card. So yep. when I travel, I can just like withdraw cash yes. out of that card or use it to pay for in US dollars for things. And yeah, so it's just they're one step forward for uh, international. Yeah. Sure. So I truly believe that, you know, operating a global business in today's environment is just so much easier because of the technology that's been developed, which I also believe has been um, sped up because of COVID. You know, when I look Absolutely. back and mm-hmm what we were doing pre-COVID and like I operated a cloud-based business pre-COVID which meant Mm. the the transition into COVID was easy we just locked the doors went home carried on um yeah but that whole time over COVID the amount of technology upgrades and improvements and rollouts and new tools that came on stream because of those three years absolutely I I I truly believe that it's like almost leapfrogged us 10 years yes Uh, yeah I agree and and just the acceptance of everything like that as well you know Mm. more people than inside my business learned how to use zoom um (laughs) you know and I remember when zoom put their prices up just you know a year or so ago and um you know they served people during that pandemic. So I I applauded them. I was like, you go yeah. and put your prices up. Like you got us through that pandemic alone. Yeah. Like alone, only Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe a bit of Microsoft Teams as well. But yeah. So yeah, definitely. It's cool. It's been really cool. I do still find, um, and I guess this is going back to one of the challenges in my business has been, or just with even just deciding to have this kind of lifestyle, is there are still boxes that people have to fit into um, in society i.e. buying a mortgage, uh, getting a mortgage, you know, um, I'm not a traditional business, you know, there's been some challenges on that front. Uh, yeah, so still still having to tick society's boxes sometimes is painful for me because at the start, obviously, there was a fear of looking different and being different and things, but now I'm like, this is what I'm doing, like, <laughs> look out world. Yeah, even, you know, um, six months ago, I was pet sitting full time again, um, just tripping about and between my overseas adventures and the New Zealand census came out you know and I didn't tick any of those boxes for you know where do you live what do you and it it's fine with me I'm okay about not fitting into boxes but I'm very passionate about um you know the underdog and and things so I'm like what about all those people living in their cars you know what box have they ticked for the census um Mm -hmm. yeah so that's just going into you know getting outside the boxes are probably one of the fears and, and challenges that people have along the way as well and it's okay to do it and just so long as you feel supported, <laughs> then yeah. then you can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's so true is yeah, when you do something that is outside the box. But you want to do something like buy a home, it's like, well, how do you fit into that box? Well, how how do you get them to understand how they need to come and understand what you do as opposed to you fitting in their box? Yeah, yeah. Like the, the bank just um, came back to me with a, the loan request the other day and asked me to close my business bank account, uh, my business credit card, as one of the conditions of the loan. And the right. the credit card is thirteen hundred dollars, so it's not a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> and the loan's you know a lot more. And my business actually can't run without a credit card because of all the subscriptions yeah. and things. Um, yeah. yeah. So I I pushed back on that and won in the end. But just just things like that that um I guess are some of the challenges that you experience along the way. Also yeah. buying a house, you know, everyone. A lot of people think I'm buying a house to settle down. Yes. <laughs> I'm buying a house to put my things in so I can go away again. <laughs> like, Love that. Know. Yeah, yeah. So um, not being afraid to get outside of what looks normal and what pe- what is considered normal or yeah, society norms yeah. and expectations, I guess. 
So good. So what are your what are your plans for your business going forward? What does your business look like in the next three to five years? Yeah, well, I think just to help more and more people, especially with uh, launching, I think is a big thing right now. Uh, well, and and will always be, you know, people yeah. having to relaunch and things. So just I'm still doing the same basis as what I do now, consulting done for you, but yeah, but more focus on a freeing up people's time and b helping with the education of of that. So probably look to bring on board a couple more contractors to help me out as well. Um, I never plan to have a big you know team of people, or I don't. Yeah, I, it wouldn't make sense to have um, you know full time employees in my business, um, and I and I don't need to. That's the pleasure, the other pleasure of having <laughs> this kind of online business now. Yeah, so, uh, and just being able to still travel the world like I do, summer to summer. I would love to do some more in-person speaking, so bringing that on board globally as well. Yeah, I attended the Kajabi conference last year. I had an absolute bull. Would love to just keep going back to that and more more of the conferences as well. Uh, now that we're out the other side of COVID and, you know, we're we're able to get out in the world again. Yeah, just go, go a bit more global than, than what I was restricted to. And I guess ultimately make it on that rocket ship to the moon eventually. Yes. <laughs> that vision board, that wherever that is now. <laughs> yeah, nice. Love that. All right. Three recommendations that you would share with other service-based businesses who want to grow, who have got plans to grow in the next three to five years. Yeah, I think my top one has always been having the right support in your business. And I don't mean, you know, the bookkeeper and things, definitely that's, you know, part of it. But I've had a business coach for five years now. So whether it's a business coach, a mentor, a an accountability buddy, something like that, something mm-hmm. to keep you on track, accountable and heading towards whatever that North Star is for you. So, yeah. That would be my biggest one. Um, it definitely helps, you know, keep keep the blinkers on and not yeah. chase those shiny objects. Yeah, that that would be the first one. Um, I guess I'm like I say, all about automation, systemization, delegation. So that would be kind of the next step for me. So getting getting things in place, especially once you're full time in your business, um, to then free up your time again. I remember when I went for it full time in my business, it was very easy for me to sit at my desk seven days a week um, and work all the hours you know I'm I have the pleasure of not having children um and you know so I could do that but that became really detrimental you know and I remember in the the second lockdown discovering that I had no hobbies you know because I just worked all the time and when the lockdown came I was like life's no different for me right now (laughs) apart from I can't go to the coffee shop or you know meet friends for lunch or yeah the, the social activities but other than that I walk around the block so having things in place and prioritizing your life outside of business as well yeah yeah so having your delegation the systems in place because not just because it's cool to do or you know um you should invest yeah. like that but you know make sure you know the because the why of why you're doing that ultimately yeah. why you went to your own online business like why did you start your business <laughs> yeah yeah and you started it mostly because you wanted a bit of freedom in what you were doing so working exactly. the long hours and being stuck at your computer how is that you know yeah manifesting that that life yeah and ultimately you know the pandemic was the real burst of my business you know that's what sent it into being able to go full-time however you know also because I couldn't go anywhere uh, travel wise I you know I did uh, lock down a little bit more than what I needed to or or, yeah 
was necessary. So um, I think too, when you come from corporate world into your own online business, you just bring a lot of that baggage with you too, like what you know, the people pleasing. You know, I, I, I was often an EA, an executive assistant, and you know, you just you said yes to everything and took on everything and did everything. So just learning the boundaries and things in your business and how you want your business to be. But I think that's part of the journey, you know, I think. Yeah. When you start out, yeah. you, you just do what you have to and, and you learn along the way. Yeah. And I think you hustle in the beginning. And then you come to a point where it's like, all right, now what's different? What do I need to do different? Because I didn't get here to Mm. be hustling continuously. So there is a point where you sit back and go, okay, so now things need to change. All the excitement and the honeymoon of starting your own business, well, now that's (laughs) gone. Yeah, yeah. And now I need to get serious about like what my why was in the first place. Like I started this because why? Yeah. Yeah. Just going back and revisiting that often. Obviously the new year is always a good time for that. But yeah, just understanding all that. And 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 that you get to make your own decisions and choices as well. Like it's your business. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Builds right into my philosophy of build your business your way. Like we don't have to follow anyone else's plan. We don't have to do anything the way that anyone says that we should just because it works for them doesn't mean it works for us we can Mm. take a look at what works for them and go actually I like that bit and I like that bit all right how can I bring that into the way Mm. I want to run my business and Mm -hmm. yeah there there isn't a right way and a wrong way there's just the way that you want to do it in order to live the life that you want to live and if that life looks like working 50 hours a week then you do you but if that life looks like working 20 hours a week then you do you you know yeah yeah as long as it's yeah yeah, what you've set out to do exactly that's right yeah all right one more fun question before we before we wrap it up where are you traveling to next oh that's such a big question (laughs) I think (laughs) because it's not planned yet it's not booked yet so the house the house is the most biggest priority right now and after that then we're planning I think I'm heading up to Europe for winter this is the first time I've said this out loud. So, yeah, I have a friend getting married in, in the UK. Uh, I lived in the UK for 11 years, and I have a friend still over there from New Zealand uh, who's yeah. getting married, so hoping to head over there. And then I think I'm going to base myself maybe in Spain. I miss Spain a lot from when I lived oh, over there. So, Spain is um, beautiful. Yeah, I just have to do a bit more research because Spain in summer is hot. So <laughs> maybe yeah. too hot for me. So, yeah, I will just um, – that, that research will come next. But I'm – very much a couple of months out person, like book, book everything a couple of months out. So, um, nice. yeah, one way to get up there <laughs> will be pending yeah. when the Kajabi conferences as to when I come back in. Um, yeah. 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 Nice. So those plans, but um, I tend to, I try to get into this routine of going uh, Southeast Asia, Central America, and I just alternated and then COVID interrupted that. Yeah. But I got back to Central America last summer for, uh, last winter for five months. So, um, yeah. Um, so where did you base yourself? In Central America, Nicaragua. Oh, how good! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. It was amazing. Highly recommended to anyone that's considering that. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the previous guests that I had on the podcast very early on in this journey, uh, she American, but she lives in Spain with her and her husband and her kids. Yeah, um, she was ex. Service person army, I oh, think. Yes. Yeah. Army, maybe, yeah. And so now, live, living now in Spain, doing online business. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. Cool it's very, um, like I said earlier, I think a lot of New Zealand online businesses that you know were about before COVID potentially just weren't known, you know, and I 
doing their own yeah. thing and they're just flying under the radar. And it's just, you know, now we know what, what everyone's up to and what everyone's doing. But it, it's so normalized to me now because I've, when I travel, I meet all those people doing those things as well, you know, digital nomads as they're called. Yeah. So it, it becomes easy for me because I'm an easy traveler and, you know, finding the places to live for those amount of times and things is just, yeah. I have all those networks now. So, yeah. So it's sometimes really hard to explain to other people that just have no concept of it, but it's actually a really common thing. And there's a billions of people, well, maybe not billions, but thousands and hundreds of thousands of people around the world doing it. Yeah. Doing it. Yeah. 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 Alrighty, Kate. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast, sharing your story, opening up about your business. Thank like, you. I've really enjoyed it. Like, I've I could probably go down the whole travel journey next with you. But. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's addition two, episode two. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So really, thank you so much for coming on. I've really enjoyed it. I'm going to put all of the links for people to find you in yep. the show notes so they can reach out to you on social media or just get in touch yep. through all of those Absolutely. links. Um, yeah. yeah. Thank and you so much out, for having me. To you. Yeah, no worries at all. It's been great. All right. Good luck with the mortgage. And thank you all the planning for that next travel that sounds great thanks so much you're welcome before you go today if you are ready to make some bold moves in 2024 i invite you to book a discovery call with me let's have a chat about your unique needs and explore how my being boss pahi puawai coaching program can elevate your business to new heights this year I encourage you to act quickly though because my prices are set to increase when I complete my business coach certification which I am currently doing. So if you want to seize the opportunity to get some coaching with me at a ridiculously low price then head on over to sandrajulian.co forward slash coaching book that discovery call and let's have a conversation about how we can transform your business in 2024. Thank you so much for tuning in to Business Your Way. Remember, your success is my mission and that is what I'm here for. Until next time, stay inspired and keep being the boss and building your business your way.